0: Hi everyone, in this episode of So What Did You Do, we're talking about addressing the massive environmental costs of food waste with Tessa Clark of Olio. This podcast asks people who are, um, who make an impact, um, what it is they do, do, what they've done and everything, but before that, it'd be good to actually have a bit of an understanding of where you come from, a bit of history, um, so a bit of a history lesson into Tessa Clark if that's alright.
1: Okay, yeah. Sure. So my history starts on my parents' farm in the northeast of the UK, in North Yorkshire. Uh, And that is where I sort of lived uh, until my late teens. And so I had an upbringing that involved an awful lot of hard work. And it was also very frugal upbringing, um, because farming is kind of really, really challenging industry. As I was sort of growing up, I actually loved my childhood, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. When I grew up, um, I knew I didn't want to be a farmer or a farmer's wife. So I went to university and then, when I graduated, went to London and started working in business, first of all, as a strategy consultant. And then, after a couple of years doing that, I realized that I wanted to do rather than consult and advise. And so I had a number of roles thereafter, always in the digital space, always in general management in the retail industry and media industry and in financial services.
0: So, quick question, what did you do at university?
1: I studied social and political sciences at Cambridge.
0: Wow, that sounds interesting. So, what does that involve?
1: It was fascinating. So, that was sociology, politics, social psychology, social anthropology. So... Yeah, I'm really, and I do think that actually that sort of background has now played into the work that I am doing now, because I've always been interested in systems and how they work and how humanity organises itself, and in particular, the intersection of society and culture and economics and technology. And obviously, Oleo really sits at the intersection of all of those things.
0: So that's, that is a bit of a break from the, the farmer's um, upbringing you had.
1: It is, yes.
0: How did that affect um, that's obviously had a massive impact on you, um, your, everybody's upbringing does. So can you shed a little bit of light on to how, it, how that has um, impacted you?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, until very recently, I think I was sort of running away from my farming background or hiding from it because it was something that was very unusual and different. I didn't know in my sort of day-to-day life once I'd, I'd left the farm, any other people who came from that sort of background and the division actually between a rural way of living and an urban way of living is enormous. Um, in my experience, that, that sort of cultural divide is even bigger than um, the divide between people who are from different countries, right? There's sort of an urban life um, in the UK and the US is, is arguably more similar, than the different than a a sort of rural versus urban life within the UK so I spent a lot of time not really I guess valuing my upbringing however in the last couple of years really since I've launched Olio I've realized that actually my upbringing has given me a lot of strengths that I have drawn on that I've found incredibly helpful when founding a startup so some of those are When you uh, grow up on a farm, every day you are confronted with hundreds of problems. You know, animals never do what they're supposed to do. Machinery (laughs) never does what it's supposed to do. The weather never does what it's supposed to do. So you've got a whole bunch of variables that you cannot control. And so you're constantly in problem-solving mode. And that is absolutely the case as an entrepreneur. And an ability to just stay very calm in the face of fire and to be able to problem-solve think on the go, real time, I think is a very, very handy skill to have. Another yeah. skill that you learn through being brought up on a farm is just the value of sheer hard work. And again, right. when you are birthing uh, a company and bring it in the world, into the world, especially from that kind of zero to one phase, it does just require an enormous amount of hard grift and link to that an enormous amount of resilience because you will have all those problems, you will have all those setbacks, and you've got to just dig deep and, and keep going. So
0: obviously obviously, the hard work and stuff has helped with the, the uh, more technical side of stuff. On the more um, environmental slant of the, what mm. Olio does, um, how did you come across the problem that you're solving? Because um, there's a bit of a history to oh, there must be a bit of a history to what was that light bulb moment that there is an issue here that needs addressing um and how did that sort of manifest it because i'd imagine that um from your uh website that I looked at obviously you give a little bit of indication about bringing um coming up on a farm and um obviously the frugalness and all the res- respect i suppose of what is there, and the resources you've got, um, obviously, has a f- affected how you think and stuff. So, what? How did that light bulb moment yep. occur? Because that obviously, that relates quite strongly to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, when you grow up on a farm, you realise that humanity has a role to play as part of a broader ecosystem, and ecosystems are all about sort of diversity. And balance. So as a result of that upbringing, that respect for nature, I've always hated waste and pollution and anything like that. I didn't think anything in particular about that uh, until I had a seemingly inconsequential moment in my life seven and a half years ago now when I was living and working in Switzerland and moving back to the UK. And on moving day, the removal men told me I had to throw away all of our uneaten food and Obviously, given my upbringing, I have a pathological hatred of food waste. And so I wasn't prepared to throw that perfectly good food in the bin. Instead, I gathered up my newborn baby and toddler at the time and set out into the streets, clutching this food, hoping to find someone to give it to. And unfortunately, I failed miserably. I went back to my apartment and I was absolutely determined I was not going to throw this food in the bin. And so when the removal men weren't looking, I smuggled the non-perishable food into the bottom of my packing boxes and that was the moment where I just thought this is absolutely absurd the length that I'm going to to avoid throwing food in the bin. I had been working in digital for a a decade at that point in time. I knew there was an app for quite honestly absolutely everything and I couldn't believe there wasn't a simple app where I could advertise my food to my neighbours and whoever wanted it could request it and pop around and pick it up.
0: And so um, so that's uh, like a bit of an eye-opening experience on quite a small scale. What's the impact of that fundamental problem that there is this um it's almost like a need to throw things away life circumstances go so if you that's one family moving house has got a, a box of stuff they've got to find they want to find a home for what happens on a like an industrial scale then what's the impact then of food weights itself
1: So that was the first thing Sasha, my co-founder, and I did once I'd shared with her this idea of a neighbor-to-neighbor food sharing app was to research the problem of food waste to figure out how big a problem it was or wasn't. And what we discovered absolutely blew our brains. So globally, a third of all the food we produce each year gets thrown away.
0: A third?
1: A third, yep. That's the most conservative estimates, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, so a third of all the food we produce each year is thrown away. It's worth over a trillion US dollars. So right there, we just have an enormous marketplace inefficiency. Alongside that, we have widespread hunger. 800 million people go to bed hungry every night who could be fed on just one quarter of the food that we waste in the Western world. And then as if that weren't bad enough, the environmental impact of food waste is nothing short of devastating. If it were to be a country, food waste would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions after the USA and China.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's that's pretty and, and I, I,
1: I, it is and I've, I've got more so um it doesn't stop there so the reason why food waste if it were to be a country with the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions after the usa and china is because a land mass larger than china is used every single year to grow food that is never eaten so that is land that has been deforested indigenous populations displaced species driven to extinction soil degraded One quarter of humanity's fresh water is used to grow food that is never eaten, and then that food goes on this enormously long supply chain. When the vast, you know, third of it plus gets uh, thrown away, the majority of that ends up in landfill. And when food decomposes without access to oxygen, it creates methane, and methane is twenty-five times more deadly than CO two.
0: Oh my goodness, that's quite shocking. It it does bring the whole environmental issue. With those stats, just Mm -hmm. smacks you in the face, Um, and everyone's looking for all these high tech solutions. And it's like, well, actually, (laughs) stop wasting so much food.
1: Yes, I mean, (laughs) the risk of sounding overly simplistic. It is as simple as that. So there was a collaborative piece of work done by a couple of hundred of the world's leading climate change scientists. They released it just when COVID hit, so kind of March 2020 and so sadly uh, it got missed by a lot of the media but what they did is they said enough of the doom and gloom about the climate crisis let's stack rank the top 100 solutions to the climate crisis you know what can we do to solve this problem and in position number one uh, for a maximum two degree warmed world was reducing food waste and that comes above electric cars above solar power and above a plant-based diet um so it really really is one of the well, the most impactful thing we can do to mitigate the worst effects of the climate crisis is to stop wasting food. And what's really exciting about this is that in a country such as the UK, half of all food waste takes place in the home. So what right. that means is that's, that's you and me. So we don't actually have to wait for governments and businesses which are being criminally slow at responding to the climate crisis. Instead, we can actually empower everyday people to take some simple steps to stop throwing away food and that's exactly what Olio exists to do. We connect people with their neighbors so they can give away rather than throw away their spare food and other household items.
0: And consequently as a result of that, you the the fact that people are then sharing food with their neighbors and not throwing it away which obviously has its benefits environmentally and stuff. It's actually I would imagine helping build relationships and sort of stimulating a community Um, dynamic anyway because there's there seems to be a lack there seems to be a perceived lack of community um just generally um so there's two things that go hand in hand so not only is this this app that you've produced helping people you know provide food for other people in one respect it helps Mm -hmm. those people build a relationship as well which obviously then stimulates the whole process
1: yep Yep, 100%. So when Sasha and I founded Olio, we, I think it's fair to say, we had no idea just how powerful the community aspect of what we're doing would be. So we ran some research at the end of last year, and over 40% of our community told us that they feel less lonely since joining Olio. And also over 40% of our community told us that they have made friends through Olio, And there is sort of whilst as a community we are more connected than we have ever been in terms of all these kind of digital technologies, we're actually simultaneously lonelier than we've ever been. So in the UK there are 9 million people who say that they are always or often lonely. And so that really actually is where the real power of Olio lies. It's not in the app. It's in the doorstep connection that it facilitates. And people tell us that they feel empowered Using Olio, they tell us that they feel safer using Olio, right? Because for the first time, they actually know who their neighbours are. They've got people who are looking out for them and looking out for their property. So that that community piece is really, really powerful. And, and sort of linked to that is this sensation that people tell us they have the whole time, which is that it feels really good to share. It feels really good to give something away that you don't want, that you know that someone else. Really wants
0: it. It comes to that point of that um, feeling good about it. It goes to that um, um, that thing that happens when you do something nice for someone. Yes, it helps you feel better, and yep. also you find that people who witness you doing something nice for someone feel better because of it so and they're more likely to then go and do something nice for someone so it's it's quite incredible actually that this seems quite a simple thing that you've done is actually ticking boxes of um bringing people together providing a you know a community aspect to it so it's building helping society in itself and obviously the subsequent impact of the economic uh, ecological side of it is that you're um you know trying to minimise what's going on I mean I have aversion to food waste it drives me absolutely mad and our mm-hmm. kids are always uh, uh, banging on they're just about to put something in a bin no we can use that tomorrow that's going in an omelet that's going in a, a this so yeah. um, I understand how it's going but um, it's an incredibly simple solution to a bigger problem I mean how does that? that that's what's really good about this and that's one of the things that I wanted to find out that all these doom and gloom stories always seem to have a massive uh, solution that comes to it, which means it sort of feels unattainable to the everyday person. But this is simple and easy. And I mean, how simple is it?
1: Yeah, so I think that's a really important point that you're touching on, which is that when you really truly understand the extent and the enormity of the problem of the climate crisis, it is overwhelming, it's frightening, and it's extremely depressing. But if you actually then move on to the kind of, well, what can we do about it, the solutions, that's where actually it becomes incredibly exciting, because I think a lot of people have this perception that to solve the climate crisis, it requires us all to um, you know, sort of live in sackcloth <laughs> and move off the grid, and, and it's all about sacrifice, and yeah. and it's all just a bit miserable. And actually, my experience, not just in terms of kind of sharing your surplus food and other household items with neighbours via rolio, but just in terms of living sustainably, more generally, in experience of you know our family, we have found that we are healthier, we are wealthier, and we are happier <laughs> through living more sustainably, and. I think that really kind of positive message needs to be put out there for people to really excite and inspire people. Because at the moment what we're hearing over and over again is that people are just feeling a bit overwhelmed. Uh, Overwhelmed, exactly. And, And that's why sort of our key point with Olio is actually now to try and sort of lead with that positivity and also, back to your question, with the simplicity. So it takes less than 10 seconds to add something to the Olio app. And To clarify, you can use Olio to give away surplus food. So that might be you're sort of going on a diet, you've overcated for a party, you're moving house, you've decided to order in a takeaway, you've had an unwanted food gift, your kids, as you mentioned, you know, yesterday's favorite food is suddenly the devil's (laughs) food today. For whatever reason, you can just snap a photo of that food and add it to the app. Neighbours living nearby get an alert. They can browse through the listings, request what they want, and pop around and pick it up. And the majority of food added to the app is requested in less than 21 minutes. Wow. So we find that there is lots of people think, oh, well, will anyone really want my X, Y, or Z? And the answer is a massive resounding yes. yes. There is no shortage of people who want to pop out the house across the road and pick up some free food. And then similarly, we have a non-food section as well. Where people are giving away toiletries and cleaning products and cosmetics and light bulbs and books, clothes, toys, stuff you don't want to sell, you don't want to ship half across the country, you just want the convenience of a happy, smiling person from your community to show up and take those things off your hands. And the majority of uh, non food listings are requested in less than two hours. So it's really simple. It's really easy to give stuff away instead of throw it away or to give it away instead of keeping it sort of gathering dust in your house meanwhile someone two doors down is buying the exact same so thing
0: one thing that i just uh, came to like obviously you're sharing food now obviously we buy an awful lot of stuff from the supermarkets and it's packaged and best before dates and sell by dates and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. this is sort of a two-prong thing one what about sort of homegrown product, produce? Because obviously there's people mm-hmm. since the lockdown, me, myself included, yeah. decided to stick a, gar- um, a veg patch in the garden. Now, I yeah. don't grow enough to be able to give any away, um, but I'm pretty sure that there's people with allotments and other things. Do you, Does the app prov- al- allow for that?
1: Yeah, of course it does. Absolutely. Yes, so we notice generally sort of, In May, for example, it was through Oleo that I learned that May is when rhubarb rhubarb. um, grows because suddenly the app is awash with with rhubarb and then you can kind of literally kind of follow the seasons through. So absolutely people do use Oleo to give away uh, their sort of extra homegrown fruit and veg because you do reach a point where no more courgettes, (laughs) please, or or whatever it might be. And for a neighbour who's living nearby, being able to get sort of free organic homegrown yeah. fruit and veg you know for many people this is a luxury they could never even dream of or imagine so it's a it's a massive win-win the amount
0: of people with fruit trees that
1: fruit trees absolutely is another one and it's, it's and criminal isn't it you'll just see all the fruit lying rotting on the floor meanwhile their neighbors would have loved to pick that and make yeah. you know, apple crumble or, or whatever it might well, be Well, funny to
0: say that i've got a uh there's a farm, an old farm that um, is across the road from us, and down the road on one of the old entrances, there's an apple tree, and that it is the most amazing apples, but
1: yeah, and it's they always loaded,
0: and it's always no one ever picks them, no one ever does it, no one yeah. in the estate. But they go down the road and buy plastic packaged ones from Tesco yeah. that don't actually taste of apples. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. No, we we often see people will just post a photograph of their apple tree and just say, "Come get know, them! Come, come, get them!" Yeah,
0: man. To, thi- to think, I used to get told off for scrumping,
1: <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: <laughs> nicking my neighbour's apples, which I shouldn't confess to because I'll probably get told off <laughs> for it. Um, and I love the idea that you're leading with positivity and simplicity. Um, mm-hmm. That speaks volumes because that is exactly where I am at I'm I've found I'm overwhelmed by everything I don't know where to start don't know how to do it in mm. this app-
1: yeah I mean an- another thing that we've developed in the app so in addition to the core ability to give away food and other household items we've recently launched the ability for neighbours to be able to lend and borrow everyday household items as well because we don't all need a cat carrier and a disco ball and an air mattress and a pasta machine and you know, all these fancy dress costumes and board and book games and all, all that, board games and books, sorry. Everyone's and got all a pasta that kind of machine stuff. they don't use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am guilty. Um, and actually, it's a wonderful joy to be able to add that to the app for a neighbor to pop around and borrow and, and for their, their family to uh, enjoy using your pasta machine. So we're really excited by that. Already, there are thousands of listings in the on the borrow section of the app. And if you want to borrow something, you can put up a wanted ad. And then the other thing that we have launched fairly recently is a section in the app called Goals, which some people have told us is a bit like Tinder for sustainable living. So it's essentially 150 roughly simple swaps that you can make to lead a more sustainable life. And you can sort of right swipe on a simple swap to pop it on your to-do list. You can only put a maximum of three on your to-do list at any one point in time, because obviously we don't want people to get overwhelmed. Left swipe to maybe do it later. And this starts off with swaps as simple as swapping your plastic toothbrush for a bamboo toothbrush all the way through to moving your pen- energy you know moving your pension or switching your energy
0: yeah well everything you're saying is just like I'm blown away at every evolution of this app and um, and what you're and um, proposing and that's on the as you've said is what's really good is it's on a personal level it's simple things that people can do that and the more the more people that do a simple change and a little change, you get a greater change because of it. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. So, although these the, the big um, moonshot things are great and aspirational, they are a bit out, out well, of I, I reach. It,
1: Yeah, they are, and and so at Olio we have a very very firm philosophy, which is that it was billions of small actions that caused the climate crisis. Yeah. And so by the same logic, billions of small actions can help get us out of it. And our sort of theory of change, which sounds very grandiose, but we really do believe that it does start with individual action because every time you, let's say, switch, you say, I'm not going to buy a plastic toothbrush anymore. I'm going to buy a bamboo one. You are moving your money. And that sends data up to those businesses and nothing galvanizes a business to take action. (laughs) Like. like the sales data going down right yeah. um, and that is then what, what prompts innovation from those businesses which then makes sustainability available to everybody sort of at scale and and that's why I think not it's not easy for everybody to immediately adopt a sustainable life but there are millions and millions and millions of people who can and they should. Because they start moving their money, they send up the data, the businesses respond, and then sustainable options become the mainstream for absolutely everybody. So change starts with us, and then businesses will respond. And then sadly, in my experience, sort of government tends to bring up the rear. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, but it's only when we demand this change that it will happen.
0: Yeah. So is is what you do how uh, can i phrase this uh, obviously we're talking on a person to person level you know individual changes millions of changes makes a bigger change but obviously how much of a change can the next stage up and businesses and stuff do to con- it sort of can go down the other way as well to um, they can they can advertise
1: to yes, us all the wonderful.
0: time about you know, give yourself a new kinder egg with a plastic toy in and everything else. But you've obviously got businesses now, like um, there are fast food chains, for instance, who are trying to show how they are reusing and repurposing their yeah, waste. No,
1: uh, exactly. I think I think that's absolutely brilliant. So, you know, the businesses are responding to the early adopter individuals who've started moving their money and demanding new things. And then also, you know, Many or most people work for these organizations. And in your capacity as an employee, you can also champion for change. And businesses do respond to what their employees want. Uh, and in particular, there is a sort of a war for talent out there right now. And businesses that are not adapting and not responding are finding that they are going to be finding it increasingly difficult to attract and retain talent so we have an enormous we have more power than i think we realize many times
0: i think that's true of everything you know a single you know more people more small people it, it's everything a accumulation of voices small voices become a big voice people yep. start listening to a big voice um, and that's how it works so on the positive side um what he was took you've spoken about the impact that you've had Um, slightly, obviously, by um, the amount of food that's swapped and shared and and stuff like that. Um, Have you got any details of the the impacts that you have currently had? Yes.
1: So we passed a major milestone about 10 days ago where we had our six millionth person join the OLEO community. And together, our community has given away over fifty five million portions of food and five million other household items. And the environmental impact of that has been equivalent to taking over 155 million car miles off the road. And we have also saved 8.3 billion litres of water. And that is because food production in particular is extremely water intensive. So when you're throwing away an apple, it's not just an apple, it's over 100 litres of water that was required to make that apple
0: is that 100 liters of water for the tree or 100 liters for that apple
1: for that apple so if you take the amount of water that is applied and divide to on a tree basis and divide it up on a per apple basis it's the same with bananas same with i mean most of the things we eat they've got mind-boggling quantities of water goes into producing them all
0: oh my goodness yeah it's it is truly mind-boggling that's the word mind-boggling so um so what's your hope for the future
1: yeah so we've set ourselves an enormous and terrifying goal which is we want a billion people to be consuming virolio by 2030 Uh, and the reason for that is really really simple if we'd stand any chance whatsoever of living in a 1.5 degree warmed world then that's what we've got to achieve we've really got to reinvent how we consume the world's resources and in short we've got to stop consuming them at the rate that we are and instead of taking stuff from the planet using it for five percent of its life and tossing it into landfill we've got to take stuff from the planet and then reuse it reuse it reuse it reuse it um, so that we get maximum utility from the resources that that already exist
0: yeah so true yeah that's
1: what we're all about
0: i was speaking to uh, a guy um they run a it's called the useful Wood company. And it's quite local to here, and they basically do the same for wood, and they repurpose and recycle and reuse wood from um, you know building sites and the like. and they you know denail it and uh, condition it so they can sell it as raw material again. Um, they yeah. make um, items and sell it in the shop. They use that to train people and help them get back into work. Um, and then anything that's left, they use for um, – they've got a, someone who uh, basically chips the wood and turns it into fertiliser and mulch and stuff to help grow crops. And the stuff they can't regenerate, they use to help produce electricity and power. So they're a complete zero. so it's, it's – obviously, it's not just a food thing. This can be a – this – mindset yeah, can be applied that, to that,
1: everything that, absolutely you know that is the circular economy essentially so at the moment we have a linear extractive wasteful economy which is starting to hit up against the bounds of a, a finite planet and instead we've got to m- move back to really I guess because that, that's how humanity always traditionally used to live was it in a in a circular economy that sort of coexisted in equilibrium with the planet
0: which goes back to your farming background almost you, yes. you talk, <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I know a couple of farmers and they use everything and they mm. reuse it and reuse it me- mechanically yeah. wise machine wise but then absolutely yeah you know the the crops they the bits of the crops that don't get used then get reused as yeah, compost yeah i mean it's basically
1: and... in in nature there is no such thing as waste the concept of waste does not exist in nature
0: yeah
1: and That's... that is where we've gone really really badly wrong as a species in the past 50 years or so
0: yeah it's depressing on one, on one it is very <laughs> depressing but speaking to people like yourselves about the things you're doing to make a difference and it actually is quite inspiring and the things you've said have just blown me away with a the, the how bad the food waste is but how simple the solution is to combat yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I really appreciate your time, and actually um, I'm blown away, and it's Great. exactly what I wanted to hear, which hopefully is exactly what the people listening to this want to hear.
1: Um, Wonderful.
0: And be able to um, take action. And talking of action, um, other than using your app, which is obviously mm-hmm. uh, an easy thing for people to do, what what could you suggest for people to do um if they want to, I suppose, get involved in, yeah, you know what you do.
1: Yeah, so obviously, you know, the shameless plug is is to download the Olio app, um, <laughs> and, where do and we do there that you can from? use it. So you can do that from Google Play and the App Store, and if you just search for Olio, O L I O, in any search engine, you will find us, or on social media. And obviously, you can kind of get going right away, giving stuff away instead of throwing it away, lending and borrowing, and also the goals section will just help take you on that journey of just those lots of small steps that collectively can add up to a really significant change and and I think sort of the most exciting thing is it's fun it's easy it feels great it does and the most and then the final thought I would leave people with is not to aspire to perfection because aspiring to perfection it often paralyzes us into inaction and just the most important thing is that every single small positive step needs to be celebrated and if you just keep making more and more of those small positive steps then collectively they'll add up to transformative change
0: indeed excellent well um i really appreciate your time tessa no worries and um, say goodbye and bid you farewell and good luck for the future great